All right, welcome back to this week's walk and talk then, and it is a beautiful sunny one. In fact, if we turn around here, and we're gonna talk about a lot of topics today. We're gonna to begin with a quick note on UK inflation, because I do wanna just talk about that for a moment. Then we're gonna talk about some of the bigger topics from this socialist as well as communist movement that is, uh, it just seems to be accelerating in the USA, and now another law has just been passed, which I think is gonna upset many of you if you're American, um, this is not a good one. And then we'll move into a few other areas. We've got food and energy. We'll talk a lot today on housing, US housing in particular, uh, jobs. So there's a lot to cover in today's video, but I wanna just get started with UK inflation. Because yet again, I mean, this is, I feel like, if you've ever seen the film Groundhog Day at the moment, because every time they keep saying inflation's gonna drop next month, oh yeah, this reading is coming in and inflation's gonna drop. What happens? Inflation doesn't drop. Uh, it's unbelievable. So the UK still has over 10% inflation. And remember, they are the doctored statistics. So they are not even the genuine statistics. They are the manipulated statistics based on the way they now measure inflation. So we had the economists and the news reporters doing the usual thing and the Bank of England and everyone else saying either, they, they, they either say it's a mystery, they love that word, it's a mystery why inflation is so high. Why is food and drinks inflation at 20% right now? Gosh, I shouldn't have done this uphill. I should have done this walking downhill today. <laughs> But that's what they keep saying. It's an absolute mystery. Why have we got this 20% food and drink inflation? Why are we getting over 10% inflation throughout the economy? And so far, a lot of them are absolutely clueless as to what is going on, which is, is baffling to me because I've taught all of you how to sort of measure inflation and where inflation comes from, um, talked about forecasts and why these things will happen. But even some of these top economists, they still just cannot figure it out and they can't understand why inflation is so high. So now they're blaming all sorts of things. They're blaming it on savers. So because you are not saving enough money, they're saying it's because of that. They're saying that there's too many people in employment and we need higher unemployment. They're saying it's because people are retiring too early and that uh, more, less people need to retire. They're saying for those of you who, are, who have retired that you should really do your bit and contribute to the economy and come back to the workforce, which makes no sense. They just said there's too many people in the workforce. And then of course they're saying it's Putin. He's the one that's printing all this extra currency. That one's tongue in cheek there. So they just keep coming up with all these things because they don't actually know the cause. But we know the cause. <laughs> what is inflation? the expansion of the currency supply. So you look at what I talked about. In fact, we were on a walk and talk only last year when they started talking about the UK pensions and the problem that there was with the UK pension. And I said, in fact, it may have even been this exact walk here that we did last year. And I said, what you're gonna see is they're gonna ramp up the printing presses because it's the only way to pay for this collapse of the pensions. So that is exactly what they did. They 
they didn't print the money, but they digitally created all this new currency on screen. And then they turned that into bonds. And that's how they expanded the currency supply. So it's pretty obvious, really, that if you do that, that you're going to have high levels of inflation 12 to 18 months later. So we haven't even seen all of that inflation actually coming through the economy yet. But it just baffles me that they don't understand this and that they're doing all these huge investigations into why there's so much inflation. All these universities are doing it now as well. And they're just missing the whole point. It is the expansion of the currency supply combined with all this government spending. The other thing that really made me laugh was they said that they're going to be hiring all these new agents to help with um, tax collecting and all that. That's the, another thing they want to do. They want to raise taxes to help destroy demand to bring down inflation. They, they're going to collapse the economy. They are just so clueless. They don't know what they're doing. But talking of clueless, or maybe it's deliberate, I, I, I'm not sure. I'll leave you to put in the comments what you think. Biden's just passed this new law, which I think is going to upset a lot of people. Because what it does is it penalizes those of you who have got good credit, those of you who save a lot of money, that you have, you know, you've worked hard for what you've got. And it's all around housing. So I want to read it out so I'm very specific and precise with this. As of the 1st of May, so just next week, Americans with a credit score of 680 or higher will be required to pay an additional $40 per month on their uh, mortgages in order to support people who are less able to afford home loans. So this will basically help people to get onto the housing ladder. It also says that the more you put down, the higher your payment could be. So if you put down, say, a 15 to 20% down pay, then you are going to be penalized more than someone that only puts down you know, 1% or under these new proposals, if you know what I'm talking about. So in effect, what is this? Well, it's quite clear. This is socialism, or you could say it's communism. I don't, I don't know which you would prefer to say. I think it's probably closer to socialism. This is combined with these new proposals around taxation as well. Even though you're already being taxed higher via inflation, but people just don't realize that. So this is not good. All it's doing is, we talked about last week, that we live in an extraction-based economy. And that's exactly what this is. It is extracting even more currency from you and redistributing it. And again, I know a lot of people said, oh, Neil, well, I get this comment all the time. I'm offended by what you said, that you know we don't live in a free economy and it's an extraction-based system or that the US isn't on a you know, downward trajectory now and we haven't peaked as an empire and you know all these things that people take offense to. I don't know why people take offense to such things. It's not as if I have said something that's very personal about them. It's you know talking about the economy or the country or something like that. But I guess people get overly attached to such things. But in terms of the housing market, I think it's probably important that we do touch upon a few points about the housing market. So let's just look at that now. So new listings fell 23.3% year over year in March. This is the lowest level ever on record. Think about that and then think about that housing market video I did where I talked about all the stages that would, we would go through. 
the median US home sale price fell 3.3% in one month alone. This was the largest ever year-over-year -year dip since 2012 during the housing correction then. This followed February's dip of 1.2%, which was the first annual decrease since 2012. So what we, we, we don't have a pattern yet. Remember, we always look for three numbers before we can start to establish a pattern. So we have two. We have 1.2% drop in February, and then we have that 3.3% drop in March. So we just need to wait for the April data, which will be out next month. And then we will probably have a pattern, but only time will tell. But either way, it's not looking overly strong for the US housing market or the US economy. Another metric then, which I think is quite key, is that just 28.5% of US homes sold for more than their final list price in March. And that was down from 54.1% a year earlier. Average 30-year fixed rate loan, 6.39%, but demand on mortgages has fallen by 8.8%. So what we're looking at here are a number of other patterns which we can therefore correlate to notice that the U US housing market is on a downward trajectory. But we do need to wait for next month's data to confirm that. Now, we've also had a study which is quite interesting. And they did a study of uh, thousands and thousands of homeowners, and they found that 45%, not 4.5%, 45% of recent homeowners actually regret buying the property. Now, I want to just comment on that for a moment, because what I think happened there was that people got into what I said, don't get into. I mean, I said it probably 10 times. Don't get into these fear-based modes of buying a property. What you always want to do is you want to ask the question, would I be happy living in this property for the next, say, 10 years if I had to? Let's say there was a a big recession, depression, the house prices fell and I got trapped within the property because I was what's known as underwater on the mortgage or, you know, whatever else. So that's the question you always want to ask yourself. Would I be happy? Now, sometimes people just rush out and buy a house and say, well, uh, you know, I might only be here for a year, but I just want to, I want to own. I would say that's probably not the best approach because sometimes it takes a year just to really settle in and sort out the problems and other things. Now, the other reason I think we're not seeing as much inventory or we're not seeing a lot of people wanting to move or we're not seeing a lot of movement in terms of sales at the moment is because so many people over the last two years got these very, very low rate mortgages. Excuse me for looking down so much in this video, but we've got a lot of uh, sticking out stakes here in the ground. So why would you move house if you've got this very low rate? Let's say you've got below 3% mortgage rate for a 30 year rate. It just doesn't make sense, especially with this high inflation, because you're making a profit on the bank's money there by the inflation destroying the capital. So why would you actually move? I don't think you would. It just doesn't make sense to move right now. Oh, look, someone's had a go at building a shelter here. That is not a bad attempt, actually. I'm giving that a B plus. That is a good, good little shelter there for the uh, preppers. But overall, if you wanna buy a house, you wanna buy a property or a homestead at the moment, you've just gotta make sure that you're not doing it out of bidding wars and 
panics and, and everything else. You want to make sure that that home is going to bring you joy and it's going to bring you happiness. Like for, for us, for example, we looked at must have been 50 houses and most of them were homesteads before we actually bought what we've recently bought. And the property brings us a lot of headaches and frustrations because there's a lot of problems with it. But we knew that going into it. And that is the journey. The journey is the enjoyment. It's not the destination. And if you get yourself a really nice place, that should bring you and your family joy. There's nothing better than, let's say, raising your own animals and food and doing your gardening and having beautiful views and and by the way this is the point in the video where people usually say oh only rich people can afford that Neil I don't have any money well actually that's not true I know a lot of people who aren't rich who have purchased in fact I've got a member in my Patreon the private community right now who just spent 30,000 I think it was euros buying a very small homestead four acres of land I wouldn't say that is a huge amount of money someone even if you got a mortgage or you got some sort of a, a finance on that that is affordable to most people and honestly just the joy you get from a property like that from you know and having that peace of mind most people at the moment the stress and anxiety i'm seeing is because people just don't have peace of mind right now now another problem in the us around housing is the foreclosure rate the rate is absolutely exploding at the moment it's actually up believe it or not 22% year on year. So that is, uh, that is a big jump, 22%. And a lot of these foreclosures, I'm even surprised that they are happening at the moment because the mortgage companies were allowing a lot of people who built up equity in their homes to actually delay the payments by quite a lot. But I guess we're reaching the end of that now as it has been a number of years. But there is a lot of equity in people's homes who even if people bought in sort of 2019 period and they fell on hard times for you know all, all sorts of reasons there's still a lot of equity in those homes oh here we go we're getting into the the muddy bit now let's walk through here but at the same time we're seeing huge amounts of problem whoa that was a lot deeper than i thought but we're seeing a, a huge amount of um whoa well okay that was a lot deeper than i thought but uh Anyway, but yeah, a lot of banks and mortgage providers are putting by huge amounts of, of money at the moment because they know that there's going to be a lot of foreclosures. They know that a lot of people can't pay their credit cards and uh, pay their loans and hire right. So they're putting all this money aside to actually deal with all of these situations that are upcoming. Now, I want to move on to a, a topic that is a little more um, controversial, and that is the societal collapse that I've been talking about and that we are on this trajectory now. And again, a lot of people misunderstand and they get upset by the comments and they say, oh, he's, he's trying to say that we're going to go back to the Stone Age and, you know, that's just not going to happen. That's actually not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that we're in this final stage and then after that stage, you go back. It's like a, it's a cycle, basically. You go through the four cycles, if you think of the fourth turning model, or you go through the seven cycles, which is a, a deeper model, which talks about a societal collapse, and then it sort of starts again with a new system. And that's pretty much what they're talking about with this great reset. It's starting a brand new system. So what are some of the telltale signs that I keep referring to then when we talk about this system? 
Well, you just look at what happened this week again for, what, the fourth or fifth time in two weeks, and you had a big flash mob. I think this time it was in Chicago, or I think it was Chicago. But you have a big flash mob, uh, just hundreds, and the other one was a th over a 1,000 people just going crazy, looting, destroying stuff. And I made a comment on wealth inequality the other day, and a lot of people somehow linked that to these... Um, these mobs and thinking that I'm, you know, trying to talk some sort of woke stuff about it and saying that the reason they're all looting is because of the wealth inequality. That's actually not what I'm saying. That contributes to it. It's a very small contribution because the main point of it all is the values of the society. So you think about Europe and the USA and the values that were uh, instilled in people or the values that people brought from Europe to the USA. They were Christian values. Uh, whenever I say that, people roll their eyes and they, oh, oh, he's talking about religion and whatever else. It's true. <laughs> Whether you like it or not, that is the foundation. That was the foundation of Europe and the USA. So what we're seeing is the erosion of Christian values where people don't even have much faith anymore and then you see all this other stuff that's going on so you see that up is down and left is right and you know all these values that people have lost so they don't understand well some of them do some of them do understand the difference between right and wrong but a lot of people don't i think inherently we all know the difference we have a moral compass so we know the difference between right and wrong. But you see it a lot where groups just get pulled together. And you've seen it in these social experiments as well, where people do things that they wouldn't have normally done, but they do it because they're part of a group and they get pulled into this group psychology, like that electrocution experiment, if you've ever seen that. So they had a group of people and they asked them to, you know, increase the electric shock against this guy who was in a controlled room over and over again. And they knew, the person knew what the lethal dose was. But they were told by a doctor, uh, here we go, they were told by a doctor to push the button, even though it was a lethal dose. And the person did it because a doctor told them to. So we have to take all these things into account, as well as the fact that there aren't strong role models for certain groups of people. And we have all this confusion between, you know, all, all, all sorts of things at the moment where we're being told that, oh, like a, a trans woman can get pregnant and, you know, things like that. Obviously ridiculous, obviously impossible, but people will actually fight and argue about this point. It's, it's, it's crazy. So we're seeing all this crazy confusion and division that's being put into society. And then the police don't get involved with prosecuting these these gangs because they're fearful what are you going to do against a thousand people where some of them actually have knives and guns and stuff like that what are you going to do against that you need a lot of police and the national guard in order to actually take care of that situation and this is a pattern look at the countries where all these things are happening where crime is rife uh, and also protesting you know there's more protests this year than there has been in well, since we've been keeping these records, France is still protesting. It's not in any of the news anymore because they want to try and, you know, quiet the dissent, but they are still protesting. It's still going on. There's protests in most major cities, but they just don't want you to see this. Even Canada has strikes at the moment. 155,000 government workers 
are just, I think they've either just gone on strike or they're about to go on to strike, which is ironic because there was loads of new currency created in order to hire those workers, which created inflation or added to it. And then the, the workers say, we need more money now. Well, the job was created from the additional currency, which pushed up the inflation. And then even in the US, you look at the fuel prices or the gas prices at the pump, they've gone up. I think it was, here it is, 76 cents again last week. That's a big increase for one week. But again, you knew that was gonna happen because we talked about it on the channel. The forecast was there because of the OPEC plus nations cutting supply and because the administration in the US didn't stock up the reserve correctly and they released too many barrels, well, it's caused a lot of issues now. So the average price is 365 a gallon and it looks like this could even go up further. See, all that Biden has to do, he can solve this problem with a flick of a pen and he just needs to open up more energy. That's all he needs to do. And for those people who are about to say, because I know where these comments are going, oh yeah, but it's gonna add to climate change and everything else. Okay, let me tell you something very clearly. In the US, you are consuming the energy anyway. It doesn't matter where the energy comes from, whether you bring it out of your own grounds, your own country, or whether you import it from another country, you're using the energy anyway. But people just don't seem to understand this very simple um, logical concept. Even Germany has just made, it wasn't a mistake, I think it's intentional. They've, the energy prices are about to go up by another, another 45% because they've closed off the last nuclear generator for, for the climate. That, this is BS. Let me just put it in very clear language. It's BS. And why? Because nuclear does not create loads of whatever you want to say it's causing. I've actually studied nuclear energy in massive, massive detail. I've read books on it because I wanted to understand, does it really create all this CO2 and everything else? No, it doesn't. Look into this for yourself. There's a lot of very easy videos that explains this. Now, yes, there are other risks with nuclear. I'm not going to discount that, but the whole point of them closing it because they say it's adding to climate change is absolute nonsense. So all that's going to happen now is they're now going to increase the coal-fired plants. Think about that. They're saying they're closing the nuclear plant because of climate, and now they're going to have to ramp up the coal plants. It's, it's ridiculous. I don't even want to uh, talk on it anymore and get into it because it's so ridiculous. It's frustrating. And people actually believe this sort of nonsense propaganda that's being put out. Now let's just finish up with jobs then because we've seen a bit of movement this month in jobs. It's actually beautiful here with all the flowers and trees uh, blooming, but jobless numbers in the US has just gone up to 245,000. Now that's not official numbers. That's the numbers that they put out to make it look a lot better than it actually is. Now let me just, I'm not sure if I said that correctly. So that was the rise in numbers. So that takes the total number to 1.86 million and they expect this current rate from 3.5% to go up to 4.6% by the end of next year. So that means that another million Americans will lose their job by the end of next year. And remember that this is intentional. As crazy as this sounds, Biden and Jerome Powell had a plan around this. And you can actually, because sometimes people don't believe what I say on these videos. So always just do a good, probably don't do a Google search because you're going to get misinformation, even though they say they control the misinformation. But 
do a search for this and actually find Powell's speech where he says that he needs to create demand destruction. That means less workers, therefore less money being earned, and that will bring down inflation. So that was his theory for or his methodology. And it's interesting the way Biden talks about jobs and creating jobs when actually he's on board with a plan to destroy jobs. So it's a very weird phenomenon. However, just one thing I want to point out there, as we look at the beautiful lake behind or reservoir, even though they are the stats that are being put out by the government, that's not the U6 stats, which is a much better accurate measurement and what America used to use. They used to use U6 to measure unemployment. That statistic, according to the Federal Reserve, is 6.6%. So that is your more accurate unemployment rate. But if you go by the broadest possible metric, so what does that mean? It means people who don't have a full-time job. Let's just make it simple. That is almost 25%. It is 24.6% as of today. So that's your unemployment rate. It's almost 25%, which is in line with what happened during the Great Depression. So let me just back that up for a second because that might sound like a, a crazy claim. So what does that mean? It simply means someone that doesn't have a full-time job. So let's say you have two part-time jobs or you have a gig work job, you drive an Uber or, or whatever else. That doesn't count as, an, as employment under the, the metric I just gave you. So that broader spectrum of almost 25% is only for people who have a full-time job. So that is the unemployment rate for that. And then finally, I thought this was quite interesting, but there was a survey just conducted on nurses. And I don't think this is going to come as a surprise to anybody, but nurses feel complete. In fact, let me tell you, 50% feel emotionally drained, 56% feel used up, 50% feel fatigued, and 45% feel burned out. With a survey claiming that 800,000 nurses are expected to leave the profession in the next four years. So there's going to be a lot of nurses leaving for these reasons, only adding to the problems with healthcare, which is obvious. It's obvious across developed nations that the healthcare service is going downhill. And yet the government doesn't want to put more money into it to solve it or actually deal with the problem. No, instead they say there is no problem. That's their solution. They try and claim that, that there actually isn't a problem with healthcare. So I'm just going to finish my walk here then. Just such a beautiful walk. I'm just going to go into the, the forest actually. It was a little too dense to take the, the camera in today. But I'm going to go for a nice walk now and I hope you have a wonderful weekend. I hope the weather is as beautiful for you as it is for me. I've actually finally got a weekend off this weekend, so I, uh, I'm going to have a well-deserved rest. Uh, thanks for being a subscriber here. Thanks for watching. Thanks for being in the private community and taking my courses and things like that. I really appreciate your ongoing support. Take care. God bless you and your family, and I'll see you next week now.